This is Ann Arbor Stories. I'm Rich Reddy. The legendary weed contest of 1975 wasn't just any contest. It was more than just a sweepstakes, where the grand prize winner received one full-scale pound of Colombian smoking marijuana. It was a statement. A call to revolution. No, it wasn't. It was Disco Demolition Night before Disco Demolition Night. It was the first bobblehead giveaway. It was the first time a guy put an inflatable gorilla on the roof of his used car lot. A brilliant marketing plan hatched during a smoke-filled discussion among the brain trust of the Ann Arbor Sun, looking for a way to increase the paper circulation. The first ad appeared on the back page of the Sun on October 25, 1974, with subsequent ads appearing in subsequent issues leading up to the January 24, 1975 drop. Reactions fell into two main camps. Camp 1. Pro Contest. These were the 5,000 or so entrants, the majority of local, regional, and statewide reporters covering the proceedings with amusement, and Ann Arbor's voting majority. Camp 2. The local and county constabulary and concerned citizens of the world. Like one N. Vidito, who penned the following letter to the editor at the Ann Arbor Sun. Dear Miss Hoffman, Miss Hoffman being the editor of the Sun. Dear Miss Hoffman, I could not believe it when I read that your paper was giving a pound of the devil's weed as a first prize in a contest. The sad thing, you don't realize what you are doing. You poor girl. I can't even be mad at you. It's not your fault you are so stupid. Here in this town, I have talked to young people. A few of them admitted that starting on marijuana has led them to using stronger drugs. If God could open your blind eyes so that you might see the damage you are doing. But there are none so blind as those who will not see. I read that Michigan cities are the worst cities in the U.S. for crime, especially Detroit. And now, thanks to people like you, Ann Arbor may be able to keep pace. I wonder if you will even get to read this. Signed, Ann Vitito, Nova Scotia. We'll get back to the contest, but let's take a look at two things first. This was the beginning of America's war on drugs. In 1971, Richard Nixon declared drug abuse public enemy number one and formally declared a war on drugs, directed towards eradication, interdiction, and incarceration. By God, we're going to hit the marijuana thing, and I want to hit it right square in the puss, Nixon growled on one of those infamous White House tapes. Penalties for the possession and sale of drugs ranged from 10 to 20 years in prison up to a life sentence. The country's psyche wasn't reefer madness bad, but Americans definitely had a fear of the wacky weed. In Ann Arbor, it was a slightly different story. The famous $5 pot ordinance passed the same year Nixon declared the war on drugs, setting the town at opposite ends of the White House. The ordinance was repealed the following year, but reinstated in 1974 and cemented into the city charter, making marijuana possession a $5 fine. During the legendary weed contest of 1975, the voting majority in Ann Arbor supported lax marijuana laws, but the nation and powerful pockets within Ann Arbor's establishment weren't too crazy about a very public weed giveaway. Then there was the paper itself, the Ann Arbor Sun. The Sun started in 1967 and folded maybe in 1976. We'll get to that at the end. 
bouncing from Detroit to Ann Arbor to Detroit. Founded by John Sinclair, leader of the Trans Love Energies Commune, the paper moved to Ann Arbor in 1968, working out of 1510 and 1520 Hill Street, current site of the Luther House Cooperative, right near Ann Arbor's famous George Washington Park Rock. The paper was the mouthpiece for the White Panther Party and the Rainbow People's Party before transitioning to an independent publication that covered local topics with a decidedly left-wing view. It was DIY, erratic, and firmly anti-establishment, sometimes publishing weekly, sometimes publishing bi-weekly, with headlines like, Narcs Invade the Diag, Warren Commission Frames Oswald, and The Oil Brotherhood Plans a Lube Job on the Spirit of 76. Running a promotion with a pound of weed at the end of the rainbow probably didn't surprise those familiar with the sun, but still, it shook some people up. The legendary weed contest of 1975. All you had to do was provide your name, address, and phone, and get that slip of paper to the Ann Arbor Sun offices. You didn't even have to subscribe to be eligible to win, though two bucks got you four months of home delivery, while 10 got you two full years. Hundreds of entries arrived every week. Word must have gotten around town, raising the eyebrow of County Prosecutor William Delhay. Delhay wasn't a man to be trifled with. A law and order Republican in a Democratic county who would hold the office for 36 years, smacking down all challengers. He busted sex rings, unoccupied hippie-occupied ROTC buildings, banned indecent movies, prosecuted bank robbers, embezzlers, and even murderers. He was a man who put John Norman Collins, Michigan's co-ed killer, behind bars. It seems inherently wrong to do this sort of thing, Delhay said of the contest. This will expose people to criminal responsibility if it comes off, and that means both the deliverer and the delivery. The matter didn't much bother Ann Arbor Police Chief Walter Krasny until the higher-ups got involved. We didn't get too excited about it at first, but everyone else did, so we had to do our thing. And that thing was sending two police officers to the Ann Arbor Sun office 45 minutes before the official legendary weed contest of 1975 drawing. The hearing hastily called to block the Sun from carrying out their Colombian gold giveaway, but Delhay messed up, flubbing the process of serving the Sun staff, and the matter was thrown out of court. Racing to Ann Arbor City Hall, the Ann Arbor Sun staff pushed through a phalanx of reporters with cameras and notepads, toting a gigantic grade A gunny sack full of 5,000 slips of paper. On hand to legitimize the drawing was Ann Arbor County Commissioner Catherine McClary, a sympathetic voice to the decriminalization movement. In plain sight of Ann Arbor's finest, McClary, who is now Washtenaw County Treasurer, stuffed her arm deep into the sack, pulled out a single entry slip, and clutched it tight to her chest, refusing to share the name. The next day, representatives from the Ann Arbor Sun entered a dorm at the University of Michigan, knocked on a door, and handed over a large bag of high-grade Colombian smoking marijuana. The winner, a U of M student, had conspired with five hallmates to stuff more than 30 entries into the contest. The Sun staff were overjoyed with the attention the contest received, and no legal repercussions came from the giveaway. They didn't commit to a second contest, but if you're curious, yes, there was a legendary weed contest of 1976, 
which was bigger and bolder than its predecessor. The grand prize was still one pound of Colombian gold, but consolation prizes ranged from a guitar to a four-foot bong and a lifetime supply of cool leaf rolling papers. No last-minute court appearances this time. There was no third contest, none that I could find. Despite their ingenuity, the sun dropped Ann Arbor from its name in the summer of 1976, moved its offices to Detroit, and then, by that fall, the trail goes cold. The Library of Congress has a question mark next to the final year of the sun's existence, and the Ann Arbor District Library archives end with the October 15, 1976 edition. The sun, like the legendary weed contest of 1975 and 76, disappeared in a cloud of smoke. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ann Arbor Stories. To learn more about this and other episodes, visit aadl.com slash Stories. For this tale in particular, you can see the cover of the Ann Arbor Sun with the winner of the legendary weed contest of 1975 pictured with a paper bag over his or her head. Special thanks to Amy Cantu of the Ann Arbor District Library for help with research on this particular episode, and thanks to the staff of the Ann Arbor District Library for helping us put together all the research for all of these episodes. Please join us in two weeks when we have a special Memorial Day episode of Ann Arbor Stories for you about a little-known parade through the streets of Ann Arbor that I think you will enjoy. Thanks for listening again. This is Rich Reddy with my pal Brian Peters. Have a good day.